Hello, everybody, and welcome to Artist Corner. Today, I'm here with Jaron Kreiss. And Hi. I'm Nolan Brewer, and I'm the host. And yeah, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Jaron. I've done uh, various video game music, uh, stuff from Lunacid, Lost in Vivo, and Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion, and I'm just kind of an all-around game and music nerd. Yeah, I I noticed you you do a lot of game soundtracks with Nolan Reese and Akuma Kira. Are yeah. are you guys close friends at all? Uh I am with with Kira I, I, and Nolan too. We we talk uh, online, but I've never met him like in person. But uh, yeah, yeah. We and Nolan's actually um, uh, commissioned me for like album art and stuff in the past uh, from like my little photography I've done on Instagram and stuff. So we're definitely like actively talking to each other though. Yeah, nice. I actually speaking of your photography, I I was looking at it and it's really good. Thank you. I, I think it's it kind of reminds me of Colin Stenson, if you're familiar with him. That that name is ringing a bell, but I can't picture who it is right now. <laughs> he he's he's the saxophone player, and he kind of he he's kind of in the same sphere. He does a lot of horror horror stuff, but his album artwork, I think, at least for one of his albums, is is kind of like what you're doing and it just i don't know i think it fits the music too it's really cool yeah i have to it was colin stenson you said yeah yeah i was just thinking of that it's kind of like i think a lot of the time it's cool when the music has an album art that also contributes to telling a story along with it Oh yeah, for sure. I, and I'm realizing where I'm remembering that name from now. The Hereditary soundtrack is oh yeah yeah where I've seen it because I I really love the music in that, especially like the near the ending and stuff. I actually haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's really good. It's it's horrific. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> cool. I was wondering, how is your 2024 going so far? Uh, going pretty well. I mean, I'm doing a, an interview on in the first month, and I didn't <laughs> see that coming. So, I'd, yeah. I'd say that's pretty exciting. Well, I'm excited you joined me because I really like your music. It's it's really I can hear a lot of influences from it. To be honest, I think I hear Silent Hill and maybe sci-fi stuff too. Maybe a little, definitely some of the Silent Hill, but a lot of it, I think, just comes from so many different places. Uh, lots of other games. Uh, when I was really little, it was like classical music, and then it changed to like dubstep when I was a teenager. And <laughs> then, like more recently, a lot of ambient music and trip hop have been more my thing. So it, it just kind of shifts all the time what I'm the most interested in. And then that has a big impact on what I'm making in the current era of what I'm doing. <laughs> I've always found artists that are interesting are 
usually ones that shift their interest around a lot like that because you can hear it in the, in their music too and i mean everyone has their influences right i think whether yeah. it's in music or another media i think it's just really cool to see someone change over time you know yeah i think it is cool you can like see different aspects of their personality and interests come out in different periods of their like creative uh phases sometimes i think of it as a weakness when i think about myself where i can't like focus on one thing long enough to like fully master it because uh, i know it'd probably be in my best interest to focus mostly on horror stuff because that's kind of what people might think of first when they think about what i've made uh, but I keep just getting interested in these other genres that might not be as interesting to like developers or, or other things. And that it just keeps distracting me from it. Well, you also do your solo music too. I think that's, that's a pretty good place to maybe experiment with that kind of thing. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. It gives, it gives me that freedom to just do a bunch of silly side things. Yeah, speaking of that, actually, I I was listening to your album Dusty Down Tempo. It's so good, by the way. I oh, thank you. I love the the. There's a mix of acoustic guitars and electric guitars, and I love the kind of effects that you use, where it's it's kind of like a wah sound, wah effect maybe, or it's yeah. it's distorted and chorus and just. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot of like uh filtering and flanger is <laughs> what I was doing a lot with the guitar-y parts in those. Um because I just like the way it sounded sort of floaty and ethereal in a way, kinda added like a little layer uh to it. I was I was really into um a lot of down tempo-ish stuff like Emancipator or even some lo-fi hip hop things uh i just really like what they do with textures and um just kind of the way the music is built and mixed too uh, i really enjoyed about that genre and i was just kind of wanting to do my own thing with it yeah i'm actually not really sure what down tempo is would you mind explaining it uh i don't know if i could explain <laughs> it i think it's mostly just like a way of describing uh beat-based music that's kind of uh very relaxed in its like pace hmm. um i don't know i th i think a lot of like what is considered now like lo-fi hip-hop could probably also be categorized as down tempo too yeah. so it's just kind of like different names for the same thing over periods of time yeah i was thinking when i was listening to it i was thinking it kind of reminded me of lo-fi in a bit not yeah. not in the composition sense, but just in the the sound selection and you know, like the drums, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of exactly what I was going for. I didn't want to do like the compositional aspects of lo-fi that are popular, which are usually very. Uh, I think they're like they aim Looped. to be very background and not very like memorable or hooky. Um, because it's yeah. meant to be like a study focusing tool or that's kind of like what it's uh, popular for now. So I, I, but I like to just do that, but do it more 
focus more on the melodic side of it and and developing songs with it, I guess. Yeah. I was wondering, do you get inspiration from video games for your solo stuff? Oh yeah, a lot these days too, because I just, I've listened to a lot of just game music um, in my downtime and like searching out different soundtracks to check out and listen to. Um, even if I don't end up playing the games, uh, just tons of different stuff like that. Yeah. And when it comes to titling, titling your songs, what inspires you? Does it that does that process change when you're doing solo stuff or video game music? Yeah, it, it does for sure. Because sometimes with the, the game music, I don't always come up with the final title. Sometimes it's whoever I'm working with. Um, like Kira, uh, I think, named a lot of the stuff on um, let's see, uh, Lunacid. I don't know why I'm blanked on that. <laughs> uh, a lot of the tracks were named after like some of the areas or what they were being used for. Um, and I didn't always know until later exactly what they were being used for. Some I had more of a direct reference for, but um, but for like the solo stuff, I do all that naming myself. And it's, I don't know how I come up with my names. I think I just like sit and think about what the song sounds like most of the time. And then it'll it's just feeling right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> kind of gut feeling. I'll just think about what I think it is, and or like what feelings I was feeling while I was making it might influence the name of the song, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you ever look at artists you like and try to see how they tell stories through their titles? And kind of. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, it's I think it's a cool it's thing inspiring. to. Yeah, it, it definitely can be. Uh, and I and I also like artists that have very nonsensical titles too. Uh, like, yeah, a, yeah. A, like Aphex Twin or something where it's like a math <laughs> equation instead of a, a thing. But sometimes there's a story behind those as well. I love Aphex Twin. They're, they're not afraid to get weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you get inspired by them at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big Aphex Twin fan, so they, they influence a lot of, like, my production style, I think. Cool. What are your passions outside of music? Uh, music takes up a lot of it, uh, but other than that, like, I've got, like, the photos I take, where I just do mon monochromatic edits of random photos I take on my phone throughout my life. Uh, and playing games and consuming a lot of uh, stuff online, like essays about games and retrospectives and things like that I do on my downtime. Um, watch a lot of YouTube when I'm relaxing. Same. Uh, so, uh, but listening and listening to and, and making music is a huge uh, part of my life, though it takes up the majority of it. What was the last game you played? Last game. Uh, what did I just finish? I have to think about this. <laughs> right now I'm playing uh, through Pikmin 3 with my uh, partner, which has been fun. Um, and I recently finished Mario Wonder on the Switch, which uh, was a good time. I think that might have been the last game that I like beat, so it'd probably be that one. Is Mario Wonder a new game? 
Yeah, it, it came out, uh, I think, latter last year, but someone gifted it to me for uh, Christmas over the holidays. So, Oh, nice. I've been playing it since then. That was nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too caught up with the most recent games, but I think there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out. Yeah, there, there can be. I, I get the, like fatigue with newer releases too sometimes uh i don't tend to jump on things right as they're coming out most of the time unless i see interesting things about them in advance um and mario wonder was i've always been like a fan of mario games uh because that's kind of what i first started playing when i was little uh and so this one seemed like more experimental than some of the ones they've been doing the last decade or so that are very safe and formulaic and they they got like a little more quirky and weird with Wonder, yeah. so that's that's why I got excited about it. Is the the soundtrack as quirky and weird as the gameplay? Not it's mostly gameplay, honestly. The soundtrack's good, but um I don't think it goes as crazy as like the game itself does. There's definitely parts where like the game has dynamic uh music built into the stage based on how you're playing and interacting with it. And that's pretty cool. And that's always something that's like unique to games uh, in a way where you can build those systems where you're interacting with the song and changing it as you go. I've always been fascinated by that part of game music. Yeah. Have you done any dynamic music stuff for the games you've worked on? A little bit. Um, a lot of the legwork and uh falling to the developer uh, with implementing it or coming up with uh, how they want the dynamic music to work. But I've done some stuff with, um, I've done some stuff with Kira for a game they made in like a jam called the undying beast. That was the name of the game. I can't remember the name of the game jam right now, but uh, I made like a lot of sound effects and like droning noises that would happen at random points in the background and in random spaces as well because it was meant to be like a very quiet walking foggy game where things were happening around you and stuff and i thought that was a lot of fun to do how long ago is that if you remember yeah it's been probably three years or so the game itself didn't like have any music in it, so it was never something I'd like upload outside of the game. So that's like so probably why I've not like promoted it a whole lot. Uh, I can't like upload a an arranged song version because there's just like no musical elements. I just thought it was really fun to do um, all of the just various sound designy stuff uh, for the yeah. project. Did you ever go to school for music or sound design? No, not at all. Um, I took like some piano lessons when I was a kid uh, at a very like beginner level, but as far as like professional schooling goes, like nothing. Hmm. Wow. Did you, so I'm guessing, did you learn a lot of what you know now through the internet? Some through the internet, a lot of it just like trial and error over a long period of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, figuring out what buttons and dials do what in the program <laughs> and then getting more and more familiar uh, over a long period. Cause I've never been good at like um, following tutorials and stuff. Um, and maybe I just don't have a very focused attention span, but 
also like uh, a lot of people doing tutorials are making completely different styles of music and stuff. And it's like an entirely different approach and principle that they're coming from. And I'm sure there's probably people out there making tutorials uh, with like music that I would also consider really cool, but they're harder to find for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched any live streams of music producers or anything. I've actually found that I learn more from watching live streams of the producers than actually tutorials because I think it's interesting to see someone work how they normally would. And they also, when they stream, they, they, they give good pieces of information on what they're doing. And yeah, I haven't seen like a lot of those, but, um, I actually, uh, watched a little bit of, um, Melos Hantani, uh, he's done some, uh, like long form videos. I don't know if they were live streams, but they were like long recordings of just working inside the software. Yeah. yeah uh, and yeah. I, and that was really fascinating. It's not the same software I use, so I couldn't like make too many direct notes, but I could kind of like watch the creative process, uh, from beginning to end. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I love that stuff. When, when your favorite artists give you a glimpse into how they work. It's really inspiring. Yeah, I think it's 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 cool, especially uh, with fellow artists, because you, you can kind of follow along with it and uh, maybe even get ideas for your own stuff that way. Exactly. When, when you're making music and you're mixing, do you, what kind of thought process goes into how how you mix? Yeah, mixing specifically, uh, not it. It's mostly kind of gut feeling and intuition. Uh, I I don't think I'm good at mixing at all. I try <laughs> really hard to be, but I don't do any of the like right things. I just kind of do what I think sounds right to me. Um, I I I've like read all of the. Not, I've read like some basic tutorial stuff about what you like should do, and I I try to implement some of that. Like, um, try not to put too many of the same types of sounds in one place, like in the frequency range of audio, that kind of thing. Like, not too many low end instruments doing the same thing at once, and that sort of thing. But really, it's mostly by ear, I'd say, um, just adjusting things until I think it sounds right. One thing I have problems with when I mix is I have a hard time understanding how EQ really works. Do you have any kind of advice for getting better at that? Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> EQ is like a whole it it can be so simple but also so hard in how to like actually go about implementing it. And one thing that I remember someone saying online that kind of stuck with me was to I think focus more on taking away frequencies than boosting them most mm. of the time uh, because you can just then uh, focus more on the gain of the, like say you were to cut some of the lows out of an instrument that wasn't supposed to be like a really bassy part of the song. And then you just turned it up instead of taking like the treble high frequencies and boosting them. Uh, I think that tends to give you a more, natural sounding adjustment than it does um 
when you're just cranking up the the treble area in the EQ, um, where it can sound a bit more, uh, I guess, artificial in a way. But sometimes that's what you're looking for. Uh, so yeah. it's really case by case. Do you think that the sound selection also has an important role? I've found for me personally, sometimes I think the problem is in the mixing or whatever else. And then I look at it and I realize maybe I just need a better sound. So I was wondering uh, yeah. if you think that. I think that's that's a huge part of it. I think some of my favorite mixes come from ones that I just felt like I happened to pick all the right sounds and I didn't actually do a lot to. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's weird how that works some some of the songs i've spent the least amount of time trying to adjust a bunch of things ended up coming out sounding the best in the end so maybe it just comes down to not overthinking it too much uh yeah every now and then yeah yeah and speaking of sounds are there any specific places you like to look for your sounds or do you just have a collection that you've had growing over the years Kind of both. Um, I do have like a collection of just stuff from all sorts of places. Uh, I've a lot of things nowadays I'll get from places like um, freesound.org or maybe oh, like Looperman. Yeah. Um, one of the the audio in like the second phase of the Lunacid final boss uh, comes from Looperman. It actually was uh Kira's idea to use that specific choir sample. So like hmm. the choir parts in that come from that site. And uh, they said, I, I want you to like make this theme, but I want you to use this sample as a big motif in it. Uh, and so I kind of focused it around and built it around that because I think they also use that motif in some of their music in the game and they wanted it to be like a reoccurring one. It's so cool how the games you work on, everyone is a musician in a way. I bet that creates a, a really cool dynamic. It's cool and it's also really intimidating sometimes because <laughs> I'm all, I'm also like just a fan of like Cure's work, like in the music department. Some of my favorite game songs that have come out recently come from their work in Lunacid, honestly, like some of that really uh, ambient synth stuff that they've done. I've, uh, I just, I like it a lot, and I'm almost like trying to emulate that style now uh, a little bit. Yeah. I think when I listen to the soundtracks of those games, I it's cool to see how, even though there's different artists working on the game, it all kind of blends together in a really cohesive way. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a cool thing to achieve when you've got people from like all sorts of different backgrounds and uh, styles all coming together, and but creating one cohesive like collection of art and songs. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite things about working on Lunacid in particular was just how many different people got to come in and, and make music of all sorts of different types. It creates such a really cool variety and like a big audio universe uh, that I got to be a part of. Uh, and I think that's just really neat. How many people worked on that game? Uh, at least it was primarily just one person for the, like the art story programming, every gamey thing. 
um, and for the sound effects as well. And then music, it was them, uh, Kira, and then me, uh, Thor High Heels, uh, Vrisk, and Jeffrey Norden. I hope, I really hope I'm not forgetting anybody. So I think okay. it's like four or five of us that wow. uh, ended up working on that soundtrack. So I, I thought it was, I've never been a part of a project that had that many artists on it. So I thought it was yeah. cool, especially when playing through the game, I'd hear some of my own, but then I'd hear their pieces in different areas. And just that, that cool contrast and like variety of flavors uh, was just one of my favorite things about that project. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard the saying before, but I heard this somewhere. I, I think it's something like work is more about who you work with than the actual work. So I'm sure having a good team like that makes it so much easier and fun and yeah, great time. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and I've, I've been lucky that I've not really had negative experiences with anyone I've worked with. They've mostly all been great and positive. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, but I think it does, it can make or break it. I'm sure if I had a, a, like a opportunity that came up and it was like a toxic environment, it'd be harder to work in for sure. Yeah. I bet that probably comes up a lot more in bigger studios, like AAA studios. I think I mean, so. Yeah, with with a scale like that, it's it, it it gets crazy. Honestly, it's it it does bad sometimes. Have you? Um, I don't know if you've have you like played or heard of Psychonauts before? Yeah, oh, I I played a bit of the second game, but not the first. The uh, the studio behind Psychonauts did like a very comprehensive documentary series on YouTube about like the production of Psychonauts 2 and even just like kind of all of the hairy dramatic details of like, a, they're not even like a very large studio, but they're larger than uh, the majority of smaller indie projects and stuff. And just yeah, yeah. getting to see like the challenges they faced in that, uh, that was something I found really interesting. Um, hmm. It kind of gave me a new perspective on how medium to larger games are developed and how like a team of 30 plus or more people goes about doing that. It's like a completely different workflow. Yeah. I guess that's another reason why indie games are so just inspiring because you have a small group of people that are so passionate about a project. And I think the more people you have, it can a lot of the time make things faster, but I think in some some cases that that can kind of not not make the game worse, but it can create an environment that that's really compli complicated, and then you have to worry about a lot more, and that that creates a, a ripple in the space time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I've thought about that too before. Like what it what the experience of working for like a development company versus like a, a really small team or a single developer would be like him. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'd like the larger experience where, where it looks more like a full-time job working for a studio and stuff. I think it's just, it's completely different. Yeah. That's another thing 
the the idea of making music as a job i think i mean obviously we all want to do it but i think maybe maybe thinking of it too much as a job can kind of make it less fun you know i think it should be something that's that's playful I think so. And some people can do both like the career path and continue that like playful creative spirit with it too. But yeah, yeah. I honestly, like when I was younger, I did have the dream of like making that my career. But now over time, now that I've been like working full time for as long as I have, I don't know if I do anymore uh, because I think it could potentially take away some of that. Uh, yeah enjoyability and that spark when you're required to do it under certain times deadlines and um uh restrictions i guess yeah yeah and and you have to do it to survive that's that's scary to me yeah that's i'm kind of in that that position right now where i'm i'm working towards doing it as a career but i'm also i'm still thinking a lot about stuff and i don't really know where everything's going to lead me just yet. Yeah. And, uh, you never know <laughs> where it's yeah. going to lead. Uh, yeah. I don't think I would have anticipated any, almost anything about my life as it is now. If I looked back five years ago and asked myself, uh, what I would be doing or have done. So it's, it's life is full of twists and turns like that. <laughs> yeah. Just like a horror game. Yeah. Life's <laughs> life's one long horror game. <laughs> nice nice parallel. <laughs> no, life's I not think actually that sometimes. No. I don't think life is a horror game, but yeah. <laughs> what would if you it's say a life horror is horror game, like? it'd be more fun. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. What would you say life is like? Uh what is life a like? A box of chocolates. That's that yeah, that's <laughs> the first thing that came to mind came to mind. <laughs> Life is uh, controlled chaos, I guess. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think, yeah, that that's a good way of putting it. That's There's... that's the first thing that popped in my head, other than a box of chocolates. So I'll take that yeah. one with it. I can a controlled box of chocolates in a chaotic world. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like the, the title of his song. <laughs> it could be, yeah. That that'd be a fun <laughs> title. <laughs> Are there any real life or fictional places that inspire your music? Uh, a little. I get like inspired by places in terms of like the types of vibes they give out a lot, and sometimes that'll translate into music I make later. Um, but funnily enough, like you mentioned, Dusty Downtempo earlier, the artwork for that is like a photo of a place I pass on the road all the time. Oh. Um, and I just edited it heavily so it was completely unrecognizable but oh well, yeah i still pass it um uh almost daily uh, i thought I it was make... i thought it was entirely pixel art oh no no i i can't do pixel art <laughs> it's, it's mostly just filters upon an existing photo i wanted to make it look a little bit like uh photos taken by a game boy camera but i also wanted to make it pink so it's just, i think you succeeded yeah thank you uh but like um 
at something about like that particular spot on the side of the road always like kind of called to me i guess and that's why i wanted to use it for like a an album cover yeah when you make your art like that do you have a do you have an idea sorry can i think about my question for a second yeah for sure do you have an idea of how you'll get that artwork so that it tells the story you have in your mind? Hmm. Do I have an idea of... I think usually I think of the story or like the theme of an album first and then I will attempt to make art for it over like a period of time until I get something that feels right. And I think that one took me almost a year to find the right cover for it. I was in and out of trying all sorts of things. Uh, I, at one point, I even was trying to commission artists, and then I just didn't end up running with what they gave me. Because <laughs> hmm. uh, that was like stepping outside of my comfort zone. Because for whatever reason, I like making my own covers. It feels more personal and directly tied back to me. Uh, so that's what ended up happening. I just ended up getting the the photo I wanted and uh, experimenting with a bunch of layered effects until I'd like the way it looked. Well, it's, yeah, I think it's cool when musicians make their own album artwork. I'm not sure if you're familiar with an artist named Louis Zong. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. He's, he's really, he, he does a lot of different styles of art. He's so versatile with it. But he's, I think, someone who is able to tell a really cohesive story with the artwork and the music. And I think, like with what you're doing, I think your your artwork has a positive influence on the music. Thank you. So yeah, I I agree with like Louis's uh, art and music. It, it it goes hand in hand so well. I'm like a huge fan of the the uh, video game arrangements and stuff that he does in different like genres and styles and how he captures the the exact vibe of the style and and music he's going for in that art too. Uh, it's it's so cool. Yeah. Also, sorry for bringing up. Um other people i'm trying to focus a lot on you i think sometimes when i i think of artists because i think i listen to to a lot of different people throughout the day and i kind of a lot of my thinking process i i learn a lot from these artists and me talking about them just kind of helps me explain how, what I'm thinking sometimes. Yeah, Without it's a good way sense. to like, yeah, I think so. It's a good way to like tie in or illustrate a point when you can make a direct comparison sometimes. Uh, and I don't, I don't mind talking about other artists, especially <laughs> when I can share in like the enthusiasm too, when I know who they are and stuff. Awesome. Sorry, can I think for a second? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Also, sorry if during the interview, I've noticed 
something that helps me think is to kind of stare into space a little bit. So I'm yeah. sorry if I'm I'm all over the place. Oh yeah, I don't but... mind at all. Don't worry. <laughs> cool. What is it in a, a piece of advice you'd give to someone who's struggling to make any improvements, but they have an idea of what kind of music they want to make? Like, uh, what do you mean by struggling to make any improvements? Like, um, getting traction and like, um, an I guess audience maybe, or like, maybe improvements in technicality or or musicality i guess i mean if it were me i'd probably just try not to get too hung up on particular expectations of technicality um and just invest yourself into what you want to make and not worry too much about the the tiny details of like how to do music production perfectly. Cause at, I don't, there's, there's like a, a science and math to that sort of thing, but it's not really the core of the creative work and like the soul behind it generally. Uh, and so people are going to like, people are going to enjoy or love your song, whether or not uh, something is mixed to a perfect volume level or, little adjustments like that, that mostly only other music producers would notice or people who just like really look out for that sort of thing. I don't know. That's kind of what comes to mind though. Yeah. Would you say that it's better to just make stuff and get it out there than sit on it for a while and not do anything? I think so. It's It, it helps me anyway, because I think if I had the option to work on something forever until I thought it was perfect, I probably would. And then nothing would ever come out. So I kind of have to force myself to like, let it go sometimes. Um, sometimes when I like uh, hear something I'm working on for a game, like in, in engine, if I'm like, if I get to test it a little bit, I'll think of all these extra revisions I might want to make to it. Um, and talk to the developer about it and they they'll like reassure me like no this is exactly what uh i was looking for with it and it sounds great you don't have to keep adjusting it or anything like that so i think you just gotta get caught in the loop of like nitpicking yourself uh as an artist and finding every little imperfection in your own work and you, you just have to like learn how to let it go and just release it out into the world and not worry about it too much yeah, that's something I've I've speaking of that another artist that I I'm really into is Tyler, Tyler the creator. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's the way he talks about creativity and stuff is so cool. But yeah, he's he's also someone who thinks that it's better to just make stuff and get it out there. And I think I agree with what you're saying too because that's kind of always been something that works more for me instead of just 
waiting too long because when when you wait too long on something eventually it's just not going to come out right pretty much yeah (laughs) so i think it's better to just do it and then yeah at the end of the day if if you're proud of something too i think you should get it out there as soon as you can yeah yeah i think i think so and even if like i think a lot of people or, or at least i definitely do i struggle with feeling uh, proud of things or thinking something is good. Uh, sometimes I might like never believe that about a particular work of mine, but sometimes I need to just put it out there as a way of expressing and sharing uh, myself, whether or not I, uh, the nitpicker inside my brain approves of it or, or not, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not the type of person who likes to, um, I don't know if bragging is the right word, I, I like to be almost invisible from the world sometimes. Uh, and I do like really enjoy and love hearing people's like stories about encountering my music in games or like how much they, they liked it. But outside of that, I, I almost like want no credit and I just want to hide in the background for the most <laughs> part. I think I'm kind of like that too. I think even when I'm at school or work, I tr- I really try not to talk about about myself too much especially on the the interview too the interviews but i i try not to talk about myself because i think if you make great stuff people are gonna find it anyway and i think i don't know i just don't for some reason i don't like talking about myself that much it's gives me a weird feeling yeah me me too I know some people are more comfortable with it than others, and it is good to, like, share what you're proud of with, like, friends and and people who uh, are, like, maybe in the community as well, um, as scary as it can be, um, for sure. Um, It can be, I mean, I know plenty of artists who work really hard and make really high quality stuff that don't really get eyes and ears on their things because they I mean, sometimes they, they try to like promote and, and get that out, but there's, it's just such a big world on the internet and it's hard to fight against algorithms and, um, <laughs> and, and everything else to get your music heard. So like, it's, it's a struggle. For sure. And I mean, like you said, there's amazing artists out there that could be as good as someone who's really popular and they just don't get the chance. Yeah, absolutely. All the all the time for sure. Uh, there's there's like the the creation of and the expression of the art, and then there's the game of uh, getting it out there in front of people and and trying to like market yourself almost. And and that part, I I don't think I'm any good at the marketing side of things at all. I think I'm just very fortunate to have been able to be a part of the projects I got to be a part of uh, and be able to express myself in that way, but. There are there are plenty of people out there who could do like amazing things with similar opportunities too. Um, it's just hard to find them sometimes. Yeah, that's a, that's something else I think about a lot. the The hard part about being a musician or even an artist in general is not actually making the art; it's getting paid for it or getting a job for it. Yeah, it's that's... it's tricky. It is very tricky. I think that's why a lot of I think a lot of the really successful artists out there 
don't touch that part as much and they have like external teams doing that sort of thing but you've got to get to a really specific level to even be able to think about doing that uh so like for smaller artists it's it's pretty much just all you um wearing all of the hats and doing all of it uh and it's it's pretty overwhelming yeah you also have to have a bit of a business mindset if you're going down that path i think so too and i and i have very little interest in the the business aspect of it um it's it just feels rigged most of the time so i i don't know um I, I don't know what I would do if I had to start from ground zero uh, and try to climb that ladder. Um, I'd probably just make music for myself and what I was passionate about and just be content with it not getting a lot of plays or whatever, but just hoping that maybe I can find a, a community or a uh, a project that would take a shine to what I'm doing or something. I don't know. I think that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm... Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, that's how um I know that's how uh like Nolan Reese got his work in Lost in Vivo was that Kira found his music like on Bandcamp or something and just liked it. Uh and then reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to uh work and compose a couple songs for the game. Uh And so th- those opportunities are definitely out there that they just kind of happen. Um but I think a, a big part of those being able to happen is just making sure you're putting your things out there, sharing them and yeah. making them, I guess, as easy to find as you can. If you have like profiles, making sure to link to things in your descriptions or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I, don't I think having, to too much having a that. website helps too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think so. Uh, that's something I'm actually looking into a little bit because I've been using external tools up to this point, but I think it might be fun to look into potentially a um, a self-made website of some kind. But I have no idea when that might come to fruition. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush it. No. Yeah, I'm not in any hurry with it. I want to take my time with it and just kind of. Um, I mean, I've already started working on it, but I think it's going to be something I like formally announce. Formally announce um once it's like fully ready and i'm just gonna take my time to learn the tools and create something i i enjoy sharing and maybe even like um kind of uh it it, i think i'm thinking of making it like a half blog half journal almost uh with behind the scenes stuff and and things like that i think i think that could be cool to do um and like doing some unreleased music publishing on it and, and things like that so that anybody could just go there and explore and find things. Uh, I think that's kind of uh, my aim for it, but that's going to take a long time. Yeah. Well, I think those are really cool ideas. It's funny how we kind of uh, landed on the topic of <laughs> a website. I wasn't it's something I've been working on for like maybe a month or two now, but I wasn't planning on talking about it at all, but it just kind of, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just kind of popped up. I, yeah, I think websites are helpful. I was wondering, do you have any other kind of 
tips for, I guess, getting a job as a composer? Let's see, tips for... I guess just what I mentioned before about trying to make your music as accessible as possible by putting it on as many things as you can um, so that people can discover it. Uh, I don't... I've tried several different approaches for trying to do composition work for, like, up-and-coming games that I think look interesting and stuff. And a, a lot of times I've tried to do, like, cold emails or cold DMs and in my experience, those have never worked out too well. So I guess I've just tried to keep my approach more to making and putting things out so that they can be found more than self-promotion um, and kind of like trying to force into a job interview or something. Uh, if if they don't have like explicitly looking for this uh, in the project somewhere. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of like I think I think I can give advice more on what I haven't succeeded on than than what <laughs> I have almost. Um, but yeah, that's, I that's think kind you of succeeded like a, a lot though. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I don't know how much of that was on my own merit so much as getting to uh, team up with the right people almost because uh, I just feel incredibly lucky to have songs in games that have been like have obtained a cult following almost uh, with stuff like Lost in Vivo being uh, a pretty big in indie horror, I'd say. And Spookies for sure. It was like yeah. viral way back in the day. So like that was a really big launching point that just kind of happened by accident almost. Yeah. Uh, Cause well, I didn't I would... have to promote those games. <laughs> I would say that, in a team, I think every person contributes as much as the next. So I think I wouldn't sell yourself too short for the work you've done. No, thanks. I just, yeah, I, th- I think I just get self-conscious about it sometimes too and, <laughs> and try to divert the credit as well. But no worries. I still just feel fortunate to have had the opportunities I've had. Um, I think that's a good good mindset too i i think sorry can i think for a second yeah yeah cool also are you do you think that we could keep going for another 20 minutes or so are you you busy today? No, yeah, I'd, I'd be good with that. Cool. Also, I, I might edit some parts out, like right now, because I feel a little nervous, so I might take a breather. Yeah, no, I get you. That's that's totally cool. Cool. I don't know why I, I get kind of conscious, too, of how if I saw... If I guess right now, even I'm conscious of like how I sound in a conversation, I'm trying to make things fluent, and I think by by focusing too much on that, I think 
that makes it not as fluent, you know? I, I definitely get that too. Um, I feel like, I feel like I've been rambling uh, a lot, but like usually oh, no, no. In, in times where I, um, where I like pause and, and have to stop for a second is it's usually due to me thinking about how I sound and trying to um, overthink the articulation of something maybe. Uh, and that happens to me all the time in all sorts of social social encounters where I'm just like, I'll start overthinking it and freeze and completely derail. <laughs> that makes me feel better. I think, you know, I might not actually cut anything out. I want to, I want to do, because I have, an, I have another guest coming on too that kind of inspired me to think about this. I want to do a, all my episodes that just raw and not really. Yeah. focus too much on making it perfect so yeah. and I, th I think that's a cool approach to uh take because people I, I think people like humanity <laughs> like people like to see <laughs> uh people just being themselves um and you know l little mistakes make us human in a way uh i think um when and big ones there's so many things like online that are polished and edited and, and um, sort of sanitized to a T that yeah. is just a complete work of fiction almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, I, I like that, that way of thinking about it. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would, I think I get so nervous during all my interviews and I, it's only recently that I started telling people that, so it makes me feel better being able to talk about that too. Oh yeah, I I find it really relatable for sure. <laughs> uh, every everything you've said about nerves and and stuff, super same here. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're on the same page. If it's okay, I'm gonna think a bit. Yeah, go for it. Thank you. So looking back on your old catalog, like with albums such as Catharsis and Dead Hearts Tell No Tales, I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Would you say that your creative process has changed a lot since then? I think so, at least on a, um, like, a lot of the stuff I'm using to create now changed a lot. Um, and my headspace is definitely a lot different than it was back then. I think that's almost true from project to project though, especially with the, the, uh, solo stuff. It's usually like through different passages and headspaces of my life, some like good, some bad, uh, both influence like the, the art that comes out. So like catharsis, I think I made when I was closer to like 17 years old oh, or like wow. around there or like when I started making those songs. Um, and it was like my first foray into using, um, piano a lot or, or like really focusing a lot on melodics and, um, songwriting. Um, and it's like the earliest thing that's still up 
from my like years of uploading stuff online. There's like a lot of older stuff. Like I mentioned when I was a teenager, I was into electronic dance music and like dubstep and stuff. And I tried to make stuff like that for uh, years uh, and ended up feeling like uh, after a while, it felt like I was just trying to achieve a, a sound without it really coming from like a genuine creative place. And that's kind of what catharsis was, was me returning to like a more emotive, melodic uh, thing, uh, which is what I've always kind of resonated the most with ever since I was like really little. Um, starting to lose my train of thought, what was I? No worries. Yeah. And, and I think um, there was like a lot of uh, growing up and teenage angst that went into like catharsis too. Uh, that's kind of where the darker elements of the music started showing up more um, in my creative process. And I think over time, it became more of a fascination with that side of the art, less than uh like that angsty emotion bringing it out in a way uh even though like maybe it pulls from a similar sound palette i like kind of approach it from an entirely different mental space than i used to with that sort of thing yeah and sorry what does the word catharsis mean again oh yeah it's like um uh i'm trying to like think of it without looking up the definition <laughs> it's like a I've kind of an idea, but yeah, it's like it's like a a release, I think, like a a feeling of peace. S yeah, sort of. I think the way I thought about it at the time was like taking like any painful emotions I had about this or that and like producing art out of it. So it was kind of like building it up and like uh letting go of it, letting it out. And that's kind of like what catharsis means more or less. I, the definition is probably more specific than that, but that's kind of what was going through my head when I chose that name for it and stuff. Wow. S how, wait, sorry. How long have you been making music again? Uh, I started like playing piano when I was really young but as far as like music production goes i think i started around when i was 13 or 14 maybe oh, wow. um so I, i've been at it for a while for quite a long time <laughs> that's yeah. where all that trial and error comes in yeah do you play any other instruments um a little bit not that well uh i like <laughs> I have like a, several other smaller instruments in my, I'm looking around because some of them are in the room. Uh, I've played a little bit of like ukulele. Um, oh, nice. I was really fond of the baritone ukulele for a while because it felt like an in-between point of the guitar and the ukulele yeah. in a way. Uh, and I had a couple of different phases where I played a lot of pan flute and a lot of ocarina. And those were almost entirely because of Zelda. <laughs> Yeah, I I think one time I tried buying an ocarina. Or that's the instrument name, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that sorry if that's a really dumb question, but Oh no, not at all. 
I don't know. I think I love learning new instruments, but sometimes there's there's so many instruments out there, and you, I want to learn so many of them. It gets kind of, I guess, a little intimidating. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel that way about a lot of things. I've wanted to learn all sorts of different things. I've wanted to learn like coding for a while. So I got into yeah. that for like a month and I'm like, I want to develop a game. <laughs> uh, but I, I realized I was trying to learn too many things at once and I really needed to step back and, and focus on what I really wanted to focus on the most. Um, so I, I definitely get that. It's, it's the same with, with uh, instruments too. Like I would really love to be like a lot better at, uh, stringed instruments like guitar or, or ukulele or, or things like that. But a lot of the the workspace in um, digital audio workstations on computers and stuff, they're kind of built around the piano, mostly. Yeah. So the more I work on piano and, and learning things there, um, the more I can pull off in that space, I think, in a more direct way. Yeah. Actually, I didn't think about that really, how all the DAWs are piano-based. But it'd be pretty interesting to see see a doll that, that looks like a ukulele or, <laughs> or a guitar yeah. or, or even a banjo. I think some have sort of experimented with it uh, beyond just like recreating the individual instruments like just trying to change the overall flow but yeah a lot of them seem to be mostly based on pianos and old drum machines i guess yeah and there's there's a whole world of vsts i, I i've always wondered what what the process is into going and actually making one. Oh yeah like going you know? in and uh pro programming all of that yeah that's yeah it feels like rocket science to me on so, on some <laughs> of those. It's they get absolutely crazy uh, in in the synthesizer world, uh, especially. I like finding every every now and then. I like going on like a hunt for like really weird or obscure VST plugins that like one person programmed one time and then never did anything ever again later. And it wasn't like made by a company or anything. It's just someone's passion project for a little bit and then they moved on to other things i love finding little trinkets like that uh, especially if they accomplish something kind of unique uh in like their use case have you ever tried making your own vst or experimenting with contact and sampling because contact kind of does a little yeah. similar right yeah, it kind of, it, I mean, like, it's more a sample-based model, and that is one I have looked into more, was, like, the, like, a sample-based player uh, sort of thing, whether it be contact or, like, a similar thing. Um, I think I've even looked into creating, like, sound fonts and stuff. I, I think that's pretty similar to contact in the way they're modeled, but... I never got very far in that interest. I started looking into it and I think it looked really hard and it moved on. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole world of programming is oof. Yeah. But it takes a lot I'm of sure dedication to learn that stuff. Yeah, it's probably really re rewarding though once you understand it. 
I think so. I, I still might revisit it in my lifetime at some point, just because I find it really fascinating. What language do you think you're more gravitated towards if you start learning it? I don't know where I would start now, but at the time when I first started getting interested into it, I wanted to learn JavaScript, which wasn't <laughs> the most practical one to go after generally. Uh, I, I specifically wanted to learn JavaScript, though, because I knew RPG Maker was based off of JavaScript. And I and kind Minecraft, of wanted to... Right? Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and original Minecraft, too. So I, that probably was my... Uh, first introduction to JavaScript in a um, program that I can remember anyway was probably Minecraft. <laughs> so th yep. that, that probably uh, spurred on the fascination too. But I had the idea that I wanted to make like a short RPG maker game and compose all the music for it and stuff. But I didn't get super far into learning Java before I kind of burned out for a little while. Yeah, it's, it's hard because it really is a it, a language on its own. I mean, and it's so there's so many complexities to it. Is that how you say that? Com I think yeah. so. Yeah. There's so many. Just you have to be someone who is willing to sit through a lot of failures in mm -hmm. the learning process, especially, to understand programming. Yeah, that is that is an interesting point with programming. Like, uh, there are a lot of times where you'll spend a ton of time on something, and the end result is that it's not working at all, and you don't know why. <laughs> uh, and I've seen that with uh, game developers I've worked with. In, in the middle of their creative process, they'll, they'll sometimes tell me about uh, something they've run into and just like all the things they're trying to do to circumvent or fix it. And it, it does sound like it's really stressful sometimes, especially when you uh, publish out a uh, first version of a game or an update and things are breaking that you didn't anticipate and stuff like that. It's uh, unique to that art form, I think. Yeah. And, and especially when you're making a game, I'm, I don't think there there's ever a time where they, they nail it on the first try, you know? That's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Can I think for a sec? Yeah. Cool. Are there any current projects you're working on? Uh, yeah, lots of little things at, at the moment. Um, I did some soundtrack stuff in the later portions of 2023 that will be like coming out this year so that'll be fun to see come to fruition um i've worked with uh someone named super horror bro and a collaborator of theirs that are doing some of like the coding on a game that they're coming out with that i did pretty much all of the music and sound effects for. So I'm like really excited about that because sound effects isn't something I've done as much of in the past, but I got to really do a lot for this particular project. So um, that should be cool. I, the game uh, is called Glitched Out. Uh, and I think that's the final name they're going with. So whenever that, I think it's supposed to come out in 
this year. So it'll be cool to see what people think of think of that. Um, and it's pretty different from stuff I've done in the past too. So I'm excited to see that get released. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I'm always excited when that when stuff I've been working on in the in the past, and I can uh, watch like let's plays uh, of people like reacting to various things. That's that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Speaking of sound effects, by the way, do you think that in games? Is there so you know how the sound effects are usually over, over top the music and a lot louder? Do you think yeah. that that with sound effects you have to pay more attention to how they're mixed than the music? I think so sometimes. Uh probably mostly with volume levels uh when you want the sound effects to have like a a punch above the other audio that's happening in the game it's probably just a loudness factor more than anything else but sometimes it's like a preference thing too um there are lots of games where i'll turn down the sound effects a lot and then turn up the music but that's probably me just wanting to hear the music better yeah do you think there's a specific frequency range that sound effects should be at? Uh, I think it would probably depend on the sound effect uh, and like what type of sound you're doing. Like if it were like a creature and it were noises they make, um, if there were like a much larger creature, you'd probably focus more on a rumbly bass tone. Uh, and if they were a lot smaller, you wouldn't emphasize that quite as much because uh, you don't want like a, a bass speaker shaking the house if it's like a, a squirrel a vampiric squirrel yeah <laughs> or something like that <laughs> it also it probably depends on the game itself too yeah I think so because some games don't really need to have uh, like with a lot of like games that have realism uh as like a focus uh, a lot of the sounds are just like really big and really layered and really detailed um and i and i don't tend to like those quite as much I, they're like a different type of art i think where they they almost sound like more like they're part of a movie production mm. uh i tend to uh enjoy the um the more simplistic sound design stuff where it's like uh, a sound effect that was designed inside of a synth or something. Um, even like, cl- like really classic sound effects that are basically slow or sped up pieces of music. Um, yeah. Like, like the old um, Mario NES sounds like with the pipes. And um, I think like the, like jumping is just like a, a pitch bent uh, square wave or something and coins are like a, a quick succession of octaves and stuff like that. I, I really like that melodic sound design kind of um, approach. Yeah. I think first, I think I need to learn more about that stuff considering I want to make music for games. I think I'm not too experienced when it comes to sound effects. I do use sound effects in music, but not 
I haven't really made sound effects in particular for something. Yeah, and I haven't for a long time. Uh, it's more of a new thing. Um, I think a lot of games, um, if they don't record their own sounds for a lot of stuff, will use uh, free-to-use packs or like um, stuff from sites like Freesound and, and whatnot for like recorded sounds um, for like weather or um, vehicles, that kind of thing. Also, speaking of Freesound, did you see that they, they updated it a while ago? I did see. It looks so dramatically different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks a lot more modern though. But that might It does. It's it's kind of like that material design yeah, thing. It might not almost. necessarily be good. I don't know. I think it's it's it seems just as usable as it did before, so it's not like yeah. disruptive. It's not, um, yeah. I do kind of there, there will always be like a little part of me that misses the old style because I kind of have a soft spot for like old, uh, dated looking websites, yeah, or or software. Yeah, I that's that's why I liked it, the design of the old one because, yeah, I don't know. I think, I I guess the design doesn't matter too much considering the whole purpose of it is audio, <laughs> so. It, in a that, sense. That makes me wonder why they why they focus on that recently. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think the same thing has happened a little bit with uh, Audacity lately too. Like that that free recording software, they've also yeah. modernized their look quite a bit. But I think they've also worked on a lot of new features too. So that makes sense in its own way, I suppose. Yeah, I guess at the I guess at the end of the day. It has better. It probably looks better for different types of people. Yeah, I think so. And maybe it's something they're uh, people who are more used to things like um, splice or like really newer sample-based sites uh, would be more familiar with. Um, so it's it. I don't know. It's a, it's all a branding thing, I guess, but. Uh, I don't mind the way it, it, it looks. Um, yeah, I don't either. I, it works. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, can I think again? Yeah, go for it. Thank you. Also, have I had a good pacing in everything? Have you had a good what? Pacing. Oh, for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. I, I'm, I don't, I feel a little weird because I haven't done an interview in a couple of weeks. So I hope I'm not, I'm not doing bad or anything. No, I, I don't think so at all. Um, it's, it's all felt pretty smooth to me. So awesome. Thank you. Is there anything you want to talk about in particular? Uh, we, we talked about a lot of the stuff that I kind of anticipated we talked about or that I'd wanted to. A lot of topics I didn't anticipate. Uh, so let me let me think. Is there anything that like... Also, we're not in a rush or anything. Sorry for earlier about... 
asking if you wanted to keep talking for 20 minutes i think oh I think yeah I want, no. I, yeah i i think it's good to ask that anyway just so that <laughs> if uh if someone you're interviewing has like their own timeline they they have yeah. to keep to or, or whatever they're they're busy it's good to like check on them every now and then uh yeah that's why I, yeah that's why i try to ask i think yeah. it's good yeah for sure um but to answer to answer your question, no, I don't. I don't think anything pops in my head that I think was missed or not covered. So I'll keep thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the first thing that just popped up. It's weird how how the staring into space works, right? I don't. It makes me because. You're kind of just looking at objects when you do it. You're not. It's so weird to me. I don't know how to how to describe it. Yeah, I've always thought of it like a way of sort of relieving your senses, where you're not particularly focusing on one thing, and you're just letting your. It's almost like the eyes kind of go on their own autopilot while you're spending more energy on the thinking part, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's probably a science to it that we could research on. There probably there's probably like tons <laughs> of studies on it and stuff. I I have no idea though. That's just kind of how I feel whenever I whenever I'm looking into space trying to think of the next thing. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's I'm even doing it right now without realizing it. <laughs> I've probably been doing Maybe. it this whole time. <laughs> Maybe it's like it. Maybe our brains are just try focusing on too much stuff. That when you stare into nothing, it kind of creates a sense of calm. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's probably a big part of it. It's like a a little miniature meditative moment uh, to gain your balance back almost <laughs> are you into meditation not in particular um i i'm into like just taking time and sitting in your surroundings and thinking and and it and not really focusing on much else and i think that's not far off from what meditation is for a lot of folks uh i, I from what i understand there's not like a correct way to go about it um it, I guess it's sort of a personal thing. So in, in a way I can be, but sometimes it's hard to make my, make myself just sit and not focus on a bunch of other stuff or like worry about being productive or that kind of, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's tricky to do, especially in today's world when everything is so rushed a lot of the time and there's so much happening at least in my experience, that it's really hard to find one day where you just relax. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do find that taking, like, walks and stuff can sometimes help with that. Um, just, like, pretty much turning off everything else and just spending time moving around. Uh, it helps me kind of reset a little bit because I can definitely get too attached to, like, 
like every like a lot of people like the phone or um just spending all my time on various digital living spaces uh, <laughs> or projects or it, really anything like that so it's i think it's good to just take a second and focus on nothing in particular sometimes yeah so are you would would you say you don't really go on the social media that much then no i i definitely do <laughs> i spend oh. a lot of my downtime on like twitter or reddit or whatever tiktok now a little bit <laughs> uh i th- i think there's a lot of cool inspiration on on social media i try not to go on it too much but yeah there can be and it's like a great way of uh keeping track of what like your friends and peers are doing and like things they're making and stuff um it it provides a lot of opportunity that you may have never had um elsewhere like like both of us we're like on totally different sides of the sides country of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah and the probably without country. the internet we would have never had any chance to talk or have a conversation so there's like social media in a way enables things like that all the time and i think that's still really cool but there's yeah. also yeah. another side to it where it can be very draining or um there can be a lot of negative aspects depending on where you are, um, what communities you partake in and stuff. So it's always a balance, I guess. Yeah. With all things in life, really. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Sorry. Can I think? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. If it's okay, I'm going to look at my questions that I've written down. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions that I wrote down. And if you want, after, we can go ahead and end the episode. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. Cool. Do you do any kind of mastering? If so, what do you think about when doing that? Uh, yeah, kind of like with mixing, it's it's sort of just been, for me, adjusting until I think it feels right. Um, I'm not very interested in making things super loud. Like, that's another one of those things the industry says you're supposed to hit a certain peak level and be this, this loud so you're matching up with everything else. But at, I don't know, I just kind of like to... I like music with dynamic volumes and, and not too like squished down and, and stuff. So I, I tend to not give too much attention uh, to it just because it's not something that interests me a lot during the creative process, I guess. I think I was talking about something like that with Melis, actually. We, we talked a bit about how in games, it doesn't, it's not, you don't have to be too particular with it, really. And it's also because if people like your song, they're going to turn it up anyways. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of my favorite songs are very quiet until you turn them up, and I don't mind at all. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me wonder what the whole Loudness Wars is about. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it 
applies more to popular music and radio and and history with that because uh, there, there's like studies about how louder is perceived as better by a lot of people especially when it comes to music of that type i guess so i guess it was just like a race to see who could be the loudest yeah it's something i i've tried to not take too seriously recently yeah it's something i'll still worry about every now and then like uh are other people judging me because i'm not mastering my tracks to (laughs) a certain standard but i don't know I, i i just like doing it the way i think sounds the best that's that's generally my approach with it all the time usually that's the best way to do it i think yeah at least it, long term, it's probably what you as the artist are going to be the happiest with and not like compromising it to meet somebody else's standard. Yeah. Are there any YouTube channels or resources that have helped you get better at music? Let's see, not a lot of YouTube because uh, I think I mentioned I wasn't very good at like following tutorials. Uh, I've seen some stuff from i think a channel called in the mix oh yeah uh, that does some pretty good things that i've learned from uh and i believe they use fl studio too which is translates directly to what i use um and so i've learned oh you use that yeah yeah that's that's my work environment nice me too yeah (laughs) I, i like how it's it's got a lot of personality compared to a lot of the other um digital audio workstations out there. It's kind of like the non-professional one. Yeah. Uh, but that's something I like about it too. It's There's almost like a playful nature to the the, the workflow and, and stuff. Um, and lifetime free updates. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, a great addition. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've tried other uh, DAWs briefly, but not, none of them have ever quite clicked. Like... Uh, FL has um, for me because I've always heard from people like uh, no uh, Ableton is better or um, uh, some of the others out there Pro Tools I don't know uh, but yeah, for whatever reason that that's the one that just stuck with me the most. I think there's something about the piano roll too that's so just easy to use. I think I really like the design of it. I think so too. Yeah, that that's like often the thing people point to as like one of FL's best features is like that piano roll and how intuitive it is to use. Uh, and I think it goes back to how it's it's sort of piano based, and your brain can sort of directly translate your experiences from that to that, and it, it gives you like a a bridge uh, that's less intimidating than some other types of workflows uh, out there. Yeah. What do you think about the mixer in FL? I like it all right. Um, I haven't really used other DAWs extensively enough to know if those mixers are like quicker to use or, but I've, since I've been using it for so long, it, I, there's nothing really about it that I would complain about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get to a certain point, point too, where it becomes so natural to you to use and that's also why switching DAWs is a nightmare a lot of the time yeah i think the more time that passes for me the less likely 
I am to make a switch. Uh, <laughs> unless like something catastrophic happens to FL out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. I will say the 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 weakest thing about it is it's it doesn't have that many live capabilities, I think, to perform oh, live yeah. with it. That's true. I have heard that before. I'm I'm not really a live performer, so it's not something I could speak to, but I think I have heard people to say it's not as strong in those environments. Yeah, I think that's what Ableton is what used for a lot of the time. That makes sense. All right. I think that's actually all I can think of for now. Cool. So... Again, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining me. I know it's your first interview, so I yeah. really appreciate you accepting and I guess taking doing something that you're you're maybe a little nervous to do. Oh yeah. So definitely apprehensive and scared to do it, but I thought it would be a cool new experience and I I've enjoyed my time uh getting to chat about things and uh, look forward to sharing it with everyone else out there. So I, I think that's super cool. And, and thank you for having me too. Of course. I I really like your music and I'm super excited to see one one that game that you're currently working on or plan to really to get that stuff out. And also just where everything else goes. Yeah, thank you very much. And and likewise, I'll, I'll be following the, the music you're making as well, because from, from <laughs> what I've heard, it's right up my alley. So, Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I noticed we kind of share a similar taste in some things. I mean, we are both ambient producers, too. Yeah, I think that that's a lot of it. We both really like uh, atmospheric and um, and like really pretty music. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. For lack of a yeah. better word. So I, I think that's that's part of it for sure. And I, I think you're doing a great job in that uh that space. Uh again from what I've heard. I haven't listened to like a full album of yours yet, but I do plan to. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. I'm yeah. I have a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun interviewing you. And yeah, I I guess that'll be it for today's episode. So Thank you everyone for listening. You can listen to the episode on YouTube, Spotify, and I think Apple Podcast. I'm I'm not actually sure about that though. But yeah, if there's any kind of feedback you guys would like to give me, you can let me know in the comments. And thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Have a good day, everybody. See you next Friday.